0: Welcome to Rhode Island's Church and State Podcast. I'm David. And
1: I'm Jessica. We're a husband and wife podcast. He's a pastor and I'm a state senator, so you've been warned. We're about to talk politics and religion.
0: And anything else that might get us canceled.
1: Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us again for another podcast episode. Today we're going to be talking about the seven stages of parenting. And uh, we figured before we start, we uh, give you guys a little funny story. It wasn't so funny when we were going through it.
0: No, it wasn't. I remember I was home alone because you and your mom were going, I I think you guys went shopping. Yeah. And uh, I just put the boys to bed. I was uh, minding my own business in the kitchen when when I saw water dripping down onto the Kitchen floor, and I was like, Where's this water coming from? So I look up, and it's literally coming out of our chandelier. Our chandelier was like this bowl shaped thing, and it was just full of water. Full of water, light is on, full of water. Water is (laughs) pouring over the chandelier, all over the kitchen floor. And at this point, it's just a little drip, but I'm like, What is going on upstairs? And of course, right upstairs is our bathroom, yeah. So I immediately I didn't even turn the the light off. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> Somebody could have Electricity been Electricity
1: and water. Yeah. You know, like-
0: Anyways, I start walking uh, to the, the staircase upstairs, and I see water like you would see in the movies, like water just coming down <laughs> our stairs like a waterfall. I'm like, what is going on up here? <laughs> so I get upstairs, and our oldest, he must have been, I don't know, three or four years old. Yeah. He was very young at the time. Yeah. But he was in the kitchen, in two inches, in I'm sorry, in the bathroom with two inches of water, and he's he's just holding this wad of toilet paper, and I'm like, what are you doing? You should be in bed. What? Why are you even up? So, he had, I guess he had clogged the toilet with all his toilet paper, and he just kept flushing the toilet. Well, didn't work the first time, so he just... Do it again. So I just kept flushing the toilet over and over again.
1: I remember getting the call.
0: Yeah. I went into panic mode. I was like, oh my gosh, there's too much here. I need some Portuguese people to help me clean this mess up.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's so – you know what? I don't appreciate that. I remember getting the call and I was like, really, do you need me to come home? Like – Cause you're like, this is an emergency. You need to come home. And I was like, really? And you're like, yes, like,
0: yes, it's come an home emergency right now, right now, whatever you're doing, it is not <laughs> as important as this. Our house is underwater.
1: And so I came home to see water stains on our ceiling. Yep. Water actually was coming down um, at the kitchen window. Cause again, the bathroom is right. right above it. And so they were like, there's streaks of water coming yeah. down. And when I opened the door, there was literally water yeah, coming so down the stairs. Yeah, so we sold that house
0: and <laughs> after extensive repairs, I guess. But, anyways,
1: uh, it was, yeah, you ask a two year old why he does what he does.
0: Yeah, I mean, he had no idea he, he, he was doing anything wrong. He's just, oh, I'm supposed to flush the toilet. So, I don't know. He was on like his 100th flush water's just coming out down the stairs through the bedrooms oh my god I think gosh. we used
1: every towel every sheet yeah. every
0: oh, it was awful yeah but there are these stages to parenting yeah, yeah. and um, I think we were at the the uh, probably the second stage which we'll get to
1: yeah so but, we'll go with the first one
0: so we originally had five uh five of these stages uh, but we we ended up being up to seven because we felt that there were a couple other stages. Mm. Maybe some could have been blended together. There are other people out there, by the way, if you're interested in this, that do have their own um, stages. Some say five, some say four, some have more. When Jess and I were working on this, we kind of came up with uh, seven. And I think that uh, that's a good number. Not as good as five, but Not seven's as good. good as five,
1: but seven's good. The number of perfection is seven. Right?
0: Yeah, so I guess it's hard to beat.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, so what's stage one?
1: So stage one would be boss baby, where we we uh, really would be the age from infant to baby, not yet really toddler, but we'll just call it boss baby. And uh, for that first year or so, uh, you're the parent, but the baby is the one that's in charge. Uh, you know, people think, oh, I'm a parent, I'm in charge. No. Right. In the beginning, you're not in charge Yep. because the baby is going to determine what time you get up whether or not you're going out for dinner tonight with your friends if you're ever going to make it out of the house to do an errand if you're going to go to a meeting
0: in your pajamas your makeup
1: (laughs) if you're going to take a shower (laughs) (laughs) i mean i remember those days um so uh the baby's in charge right it's a big life change um so i would like encourage parents um to get a lot of time before they have that baby like they call the baby moon right a lot of time in together before that baby arrives because once the baby does, it's going to be a period of adjustment.
0: Yeah. Sleeplessness, feeding, changing. I mean, you are literally taking care of a totally helpless human being. Mm-hmm. And it's not like a reasonable person.
1: <laughs> this is an
0: unreasonable tyrant yes, who expects everything exactly when he or she wants it.
1: But they're also a blessing and a
0: gift from God, right? Yes. <laughs> Just keep telling yourself that.
1: Um, that's uh, the It's true. I mean, I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't, uh, but every mom knows that. And I think the biggest adjustment is going from not having children to having one, because Mm. once you decide to have more like the second child, you've already adjusted. So that first child is, is, is really, it's again, it's a big adjustment and it can be a very humbling stage because you're learning to serve another person. Right. And it means, Um, that what you want to do is not necessarily what's going to happen for months and that's okay.
0: So uh, what would be a big challenge here? It seems like, um, and we'll try to uh, uh, talk about the challenges for each of these different stages. It feels like one of them would be completely surrendering to this boss baby Mm -hmm. and allowing it to to be this tyrant over your life.
1: Yeah, you're right. So (laughs) I would say that the challenge would be you gotta take care of yourself. You got to give yourself credit for being a good parent. You got to let things slide in the house. Your house isn't always going to be perfectly clean, um, and it's okay to take help. So if somebody says they want to help, like
0: yeah, let, take let them, them up clean, let them cook. Click, yeah, if somebody you know. wants to watch their kid, uh, watch your kid, unless they're a stranger.
1: You know, when you're when you just have a baby, I would say you know people want to come and see the baby, hold the baby, but like yeah. those people that want to help you, like maybe a best friend or a mom or an aunt or whatever. They're coming to help you because they're going to cook, they're going to clean, they're going to let you take a nap. Right. Those are the take the help.
0: Yeah. Um, but don't feel like you have to entertain them.
1: Right. You're not there to and it's not permanent. In the thick of it, you feel like it's never going to change. It's like a permanent mm. thing. It's going to be mm-hmm. hard forever. It's not permanent. This too shall pass. Yeah.
0: I could not wait until for me the big threshold you're was to laugh. <laughs> When when would these kids like be potty trained? That was the big thing. I did not want to continue to take care of their diapers.
1: Yes, we threw away many onesies.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. We yeah. just didn't
1: even bother saving them. No, it was like no, trash. Not worth in the it. shower. Not
0: worth it. I'll <laughs> pay for it. All right, and that brings us to uh, to stage two. Stage two, we call "Yes, Mommy," and it's because it's that age where the child really does want to please the parent. So it's important for the parent to make that transition that it's no longer boss baby. You're not constantly asking the child, what do you want to eat? Because the kid's not going to say broccoli or carrots. Mm-hmm. He's going to want to you know, eat uh, Cheerios all day or, or chicken tenders or tater tots. Uh, instead, at this age, you, you, you are the parent. So you're the one that's starting to lead the home, lead the family. Uh, you're the one setting the values and starting to teach some of these things to the child.
1: Yeah. Uh, they need structure and boundaries. So this is what in in stage two that we're looking at doing. Mm -hmm. And one of those things is introducing chores to kids. Um, It's not going to be done the way you like it, but you uh, start teaching them now at that age, uh, not now, but at that age so that as they continue to practice that, they get better and better at it. You were really good at this because I was always doing like I got a vacuum I got to do the dishes and you're like no give them the job
0: yeah it's because my mom was she, she had she grew up with uh, there were five of us mm-hmm. and she just knew that she had to start delegating some of these things yeah. or she'd, she'd go nuts. So she would have a calendar up and we would just know, oh, it's Monday. Let me check the calendar. What, oh, I got to put the dishes away, whatever, take the trash out. Mm-hmm. So at this age, you're exactly right. The kids can help you out. They actually want to help out. And that's why we call this stage the yes mommy stage, because mm-hmm. they, they want to please, they want to make you happy. And they do want to feel like they have a role in the family, a place in the family. And part of that means giving them some responsibilities. Now, it's not going to take all of the weight off the parents. You're still going it, to, it's still going to kind of be, uh, there's still going to be chores, like you said, that you're going to have to do because they're not going to do it as well. Right. But like at this age, what are some of the things that we have our boys uh, do? Because most of our kids right now are right in this in this stage.
1: Yeah. Well, when I tell people, because they ask me, and their eyes just like widen and they're like, what? But our kids do laundry. Mm-hmm. They don't really fold laundry very well, but they load and unload the washer, washing machine. Also dishwasher, loading mm-hmm. and unloading that, um, taking out the trash, vacuuming. I have them wash the floor now. Wipe they make the, their beds. Yeah, wipe the table. Wipe the table. Take
0: the trash down.
1: Clean the bathroom. Go to
0: the post office. Yeah. It's like, you know, a block away. It's not a big deal. But Bob. still. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think so. At this age, you can start giving them responsibilities, things to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when summertime comes, I actually want to start getting our oldest on the uh, on the lawnmower. I don't know if he's ready for it. We'll find out. <laughs> <I> <laughs> just, just put it on slow speed. Walk yeah, with him. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah, right? for sure. Yeah. But I, um, I think we underestimate how much uh, you know a twelve-year-old or a ten-year-old, even an eight-year-old, can do. I think at this age, they. Um, they uh, if you were just to go back a hundred years ago, what they were doing is—I right. mean, my goodness—they, they, they were doing incredible things. Things that today it would be like a teenager—you'd have to coerce them into into doing it.
1: But I wonder because you said that your mom had five, mm-hmm. and I, and we have three. But I wonder if it's because if families were larger, they would realize, yeah, I can't do it all. Right. There's no sense in me babying the kids; no. like they've got to
0: help out. But this is the stage where you are trying to teach them Mm -hmm. and instill in them, like in our family, we, we share the responsibilities. We take care of the household together. It's not just mommy. It's not just daddy. We do it. And the goal is that if you set that foundation in this age, the yes mommy stage, then they're already in that routine. They already have that understanding, that value of family and work and, and uh, shared responsibility so that when they're teenagers, you're not having to rehash this uh out when they're 15 or or 18 years old
1: when they're married and they're not helping their spouse oh
0: yeah no that's true that's true so it's not just the working you know i think that's one example of it but it really is a time where you are building values into the child we say we see it and say it all the time but children really are like a sponge at this age they're Mm. just soaking up so much whether it's media and things they they're catching on tv or on netflix or by watching, you know, mommy and daddy interact or seeing them interact with other adults. They under they, they're, they're learning about the world. They're learning about relationships and dynamics and roles and responsibilities. So at this age, it's really important for the uh, parents to, to establish some of that.
1: Yeah. And I think this is right. Like you said, the most hands on, so you have direct instruction mm-hmm. and, and explain to them, you know, we don't do this because you know, X, Y, Z, right. Here's why that's wrong. And you want to also start introducing to them that thinking through, um, thinking through life's problems, right. Mm-hmm. Or thinking through a problem, right. Uh, considering others' feelings. Um, you were just talking to them the other day about what's the difference between vengeance and justice.
0: Yeah, I know it was, it was, um, uh, we were just in the car drive. And I think we we're heading headed to the, uh, to the church and, um, I wanted to use that time in the, the car just to talk to them about different values. It comes from Deuteronomy chapter 6, where uh, God told the Jewish people to make sure that you, you're teaching the word of God to, to your kids. And how do you do that? Not just in a classroom or Sunday school. You don't outsource it to the experts. But it says impress them on your children. Talk about them. When you sit at home when you walk along the road when you lie down and when you get up so i was in the car and i just wanted to talk and kind of hear what they were thinking and it was interesting i loved the eight-year-old's response he he had probably the strongest uh understanding of the difference between vengeance and justice which maybe that'll be another podcast yeah. episode but
1: so i would say this is the age where you have maximum influence on your yeah. child through yeah. Direct and uh, clear instruction. Right.
0: If you're exactly because they're not going to challenge everything you say. They they're going to want to understand it. They're, want, they're going to want to learn from it. But at this age, they see you as the authority figure. They take your word, and you know if you say there's a Santa Claus, they are not going to question that. If if you talk about the values in your family, they will not question it. Uh, you are the authority figure in the home. So it's so important to get this stage right because this is the foundational stage. If you get can get this stage right, I think that all the other stages are going to start lining up.
1: Which takes us to stage three.
0: Stage three, which we call the?
1: The challenger. Right. Which we say is about 10 to 14, but every child is different. So, mm-hmm. you know, that challenging stage for your, for one child may be a little bit sooner, a little so bit true. later. So we're just, you know, giving a uh, generalization there with uh, age groups. So we're stage three challenger. And, um, this is the a strange period for, for kids because they're dealing with tensions, uh, of insecurity and in, mm-hmm. insecurity. And this is a time when they're typically insecure about their status in school and with their friends. And, um, you know, I, I realized I hit that stage when my son asked for shoes for Christmas right. instead of. So I was like, "Well, you want what for Christmas?" Right,
0: right. You know. Yeah. So. Yep. Suddenly, he started to care more about the brand names and and certain clothes, designer labels. Uh, whereas before, he, you know, can I have a ball for Christmas? Yeah, I remember that being on a Christmas. <laughs> I was like, "You want a ball?" Yeah. Our kids are true. easy for Christmas.
1: They were. It's because Netflix. There's no commercials.
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
1: Um. So, yeah. And then there's, of course, the tension that we just uh, mentioned earlier. It's important um, that there's really good communication during this period, um, that it's clear, respectful, mm-hmm. and um, you've already set in the previous stages that you're you're approachable, that, you, that you, you've established that you are a trustworthy person, that your child can come to you right. with these things.
0: Yeah. And, and you're you're banking on some of the values you've already built in the, into the child. So at, at this age, the the parent um, shouldn't just be leaning on, uh, we do it this way because I told you so. You said this earlier too, but you should be able to explain and have some dialogue with your reason, with your reasoning as a parent as to why you're saying yes or no to something or why you're insisting on certain boundaries or rules. Because if um, if you can help them to understand the reasoning behind it, if it's something that makes sense and it's something that um, um, that that uh, uh, aligns with their understanding of reality and values and all that stuff. Then you're giving them the tools to think on their own, mm-hmm. and that's a a gigantic uh, part of this challenger stage because they're going to challenge what you're saying, but they're also challenging what their teachers saying, they're challenging what the media is t- saying. But if you can make sure that your response isn't just a write-off of trust me because I'm still the the we're at the yes mommy stage, but you're you're now able to say no. I I'm glad we're having this dialogue. I'm glad we're talking about it. Here's why we don't do that. Here's the kind of person it will turn you into if you do or don't do something.
1: Yeah, I always like to ask too, it's like, what do you think? Yeah, You know, you, he asked me a question, I was like, what do you think, what do you think on right. this topic? And it's important that parents realize that they still have the final say.
0: Right, right, yep, don't surrender that, uh, even in the adolescent age, mm-hmm. good. All right, and that leads us to stage four, which we call the coach stage. Um, this is that age where, it, it, I, I think the child would probably be like a a teenager, maybe even getting ready to drive. So they're going to have a lot more independence, a lot more autonomy. They're not going to be under the the watchful eye of their parent twenty four hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be with new friends. They're going to probably be working. You know, so, stepping into their first job or summer job. So they're going to have a lot of different. Um, a lot of different information and values and competing ideas coming at them. You've built, hopefully, by this point, you've built certain values, an identity, uh, even a worldview into your child, and that's going to be strong because at this age, the child's going to start not just challenging it, but now they're they're really becoming critical thinkers. They're starting to compare and contrast the different, um, the different worldviews mm-hmm. out there. You know, mommy and daddy have taught me this, but I'm hearing this, you know, you know my friend's family does this. So they're really comparing, contrasting and wondering, you know, which, uh, uh, are my parents right? Or are they just old fashioned?
1: Yeah. It's also, um, I like how you called it coach because at this stage they really respect their coach, not so much their teacher, mm. but like you said, it's going to be, um, it's going to be part of that critical thinking comparing and contrasting um a good coach isn't going to do the thinking for the child but help them work through that yeah. stage yep asking them the question like okay so why do you think that right you know because when you learn something on your own it's more powerful than being told
0: right right so. yeah very good i think at this age they're they're looking for consistencies too you know if mom and dad are saying one thing but they're inconsistent about it, that doesn't match their worldview. They're looking for a pattern in life that makes sense, that, that leads to, you know, happiness or success, uh, productivity, whatever it is, but they're looking for something that makes sense. And if you're saying one thing, you know, like, Oh, in our family, family is always first, or God is always first, but the, the, the weekend doesn't, Demonstrate that, or the the conversations, or the time, or the money doesn't communicate that. That's inconsistent, and that mm-hmm. the child may not even say it, but they're seeing it, and that means they're they're learning it, and it's it's going to affect how they um, how they approach all of the stuff that you've already been teaching them, you know, about worldview, because it's inconsistent, and that's gonna that's gonna present a problem.
1: And when we see inconsistencies in other people, we tend to Look at that as hypocrisy and that
0: exactly. kids
1: are going to p- call that out and see it.
0: Yeah, they do. I mean, we our kids aren't at this age yet, the, um, uh, the, the, the challenger stage, age or yeah. the coach stage. But uh, we spent a lot of time working with teenagers, I don't know, 15 years or yeah. something in, in our uh, uh, first kind of ministry position. And uh, we saw this as a constant issue where parents were so frustrated because their kid wasn't telling them what to do, but the parents weren't really being consistent. That it was kind of, you know, do as I say, but not as I do kind of thing. Right. And children, you know, teenagers especially, don't respond to that. you can get away with that when they're a little kid, but not when they're really starting to form their own worldview and try to make sense of the world. At this point, they're looking for patterns and and, uh, a worldview that's consistent. So true. What's stage five?
1: Stage five is confidant. So I'd say this is definitely the late teens, probably like 19 and up, maybe about 25. At this stage, hopefully, I would hope anyway, that the child and the parent have built uh, a relationship based on trust and mutual respect for one another. Um, Hopefully, the patterns that we've been discussing um, match the values and convictions of the family. Mm -hmm. And um, again... These are things that you build trust and confidence with the child. Uh, if there's uncertainty here, there would be uncertainty in in other relationships, I would say. And at this stage, the child should have much more autonomy and independence, yes. right? Yeah. College, jobs, careers. Um right when Yeah, say?
0: absolutely. And and we call it confidant because they're 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 more independent. Um, they, they don't have the coach on the field. Instead, now they're starting to come to the parent as needed. You know? So at this age, this, this might be when the, the parent has to, to bail their, their kid out because they you know, forgot their insurance payment on the car or they um, weren't budgeting. So at this age, you're starting to provide more guidance uh, and more practical help just about living as an independent adult. And sometimes that means you do have to be a safety net for them. However, I'd say the challenge is being that safety net all the time. Mm -hmm. At this age, I don't think the child should be, um, I don't think the the, the child's long-term plan should be living at home with, uh, with mom and dad. Hopefully at this point, the parents are starting to kind of kick them out of the nest a bit and starting to send them out into their own. Of course there are exceptions. Uh, you know, if they're in college or, um, they're just, you know, they, they have a, a financial plan or something where they're saving up to buy a house or something like that. Of course there are exceptions for all these things, but generally speaking, the, uh, the parents have really stepped back quite a bit. And they're allowing their child now to live as a free-thinking responsible adult who's going to be independent
1: so you would say at this stage the parents should be more like a wise person that the child can go to for guidance and support exactly yeah right
0: exactly yeah Yeah. yeah. um I, i mean at this point it's so important for the parents to release their child release them they're adults they're no longer children they shouldn't be a teenager uh and and i mean Can I,
1: can I interrupt? Yeah, please go. I was going to say, I've, I've seen lots of parents, right? I mean, we have our own parents. I'm just going to look at and use your mom as Mm -hmm. an example. She was really great at doing that. Mm -hmm. Like you're, I I just, I I look at her and if I need even my mom too, of course, go for my mom for us, but um, she was really good at letting you guys go and be adults. And, but I also saw that she's still such an important part of your life and your siblings that you guys still go to her, ask her for
0: advice. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. I can remember like around that 20 something phase because my mom navigated these things very carefully. She was really, really good about making sure she she, um, would kind of guide us through the different stages. I remember when I was getting ready to uh, propose to you and I, I was talking about marriage, a lot of kids, you know, boys maybe aren't that close to their mom. I was still very close to my mother. And even at, um, you know, my early 20s, I drove to New York City to pick out that engagement ring that's on. That's gorgeous. <laughs> that's on your uh, your finger. But it was an awesome time where we were able to just spend time together talking. And it wasn't just, you know, buying the, dist- uh, the, the diamond from the diamond district, but it was really spending time with my mom because she was, uh, was a confidant. It was she was someone that I could kind of go to for, for support. Now, she, again, though, she, she released me to be an adult. She knew that uh, I was carefully considering the decision of getting married and and all that that would entail. But she didn't see the need for to to pay for you know everything or bail me out or or um, or anything like that. She really wanted me to to be a uh, an, a young adult male who was going to get married, which means I'm. You know i better embrace manhood
1: yeah <laughs> um so we'll bring us to stage six which is friend so 25 and over i would say um this is a peer stage mm-hmm. right you are equals you help one another um you comfort one another and uh i i would say i think there's a challenge right every, there's a yes. challenge in every every phase but yes. what would you say the challenge is? I
0: think the challenge at this stage that the friend stage is that the parent is not giving unwarranted and unsolicited advice to the children you know if in the previous stage they still want to help them and still want to you know bail them out at the friend stage they're gonna want to do that as well and uh, and it's gonna persist so a good parent is going to be able to back up and not want to give parenting advice. Now that they're the grandparent many times at this age, they're, they're, um, they still feel like a parent to their own children and they're right. going to want to help them and guide them. And they're going to see mistakes and want to jump in and intervene, or that's not how you should discipline your child, or this is what you need to do. And, you know, as far as feeding and, and bedtime and all that, they're going to have their opinions and the parents or grandparents going to have their opinion. But at this age, they really do need to step back and allow their child to be an adult, uh, to, to, to make their own way, find their own way. Now, of course, if the child is, is looking for advice, looking for guidance, they can do that, but, uh, they should see themselves as, um, uh still a parent, but really they're in this peer relationship. We're both adults now.
1: So you would say that at this stage would be bite your tongue mm-hmm. unless you're dealing with a, a train wreck. Yes. Or you see an exactly. actual train wreck. An
0: actual train wreck. <laughs> yeah. But like sometimes, um, I, I'm not saying that this is uh, our parents, but there are grandparents that when they were young parents, they were amazing parents. They were strong, they were assertive, they knew how to, you know, have discipline. <laughs> but they become grandparents and it's like they have the backbone of a jelly donut. They're just they they have no strength to them. This at is what all. we they, hear from other people. Yeah. This is this is not, not, this not, is our, not our parents no. at all. Please, for sure. <laughs> Let me be very clear. But they um they they sometimes think, you know, they just love their grandkids and want to spoil them and um and want to intervene whenever they feel that maybe the parents are being too uh too strong in, in their <laughs> discipline of course we we don't have any experience now with this but zero, uh,
1: zero. moving right along <laughs> yeah stage seven
0: stage seven we call this the great reversal why do we call it the great reversal
1: well um we haven't reached this stage yet but um when i i would say when you're when the parent finds themselves needing more help from the children
0: right right exactly so this is uh when they're when they're much older you know whether it's driving to the store or signing important paperwork or setting up their phone or their laptop you know uh getting their facebook account hacked or something um at this age the uh the the parent really is may even feel a little bit out of touch, insecure about how to operate in the world. The world seems to be moving much, much faster. So they're looking to their children to be more of a help to them. And Mm -hmm. I think this is an example of reciprocity, right, where in those early years, the parent surrendered everything and was helping and doing everything for the child. Uh, At this stage in the parent-child relationship, the child is now making enormous sacrifices to serve and help their parent.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I would say the challenge for this stage would be that uh, the child might lose patience with their parent, they're juggling their career, school, family, um, whatever it is, So, and also taking care of their parents so they might feel overwhelmed.
0: Yeah, that's good. Well, I hope this list was helpful to you. I, I hope this list was helpful to you. Um, I know it, it's uh, something that Jessica and I are aware of, and we're looking at as we start to transition from stage to stage, we want to make sure that we can um, uh, make those transitions, make those turns gracefully. Well. Gracefully, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, to the parents out there, you got this, you know, hang in there, you're going to make it through it, especially if you're in that boss baby stage, hang in there. <laughs> it's just a few more months.
1: Today's closing quote comes from Dr. John Trainer. He said, children are not a distraction for more important work. They are the most important work. Thanks again for listening.
0: And if you've enjoyed this podcast, help us by subscribing and sharing these episodes.
1: And for more content, check out churchandstateri.com.